Hello and welcome to the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast, where we'll interview furniture refinishers from all around the world. We'll discuss the many aspects of the refinishing process, and our hope is that you'll be encouraged and inspired with each episode learning something new or affirming a process that you already incorporate. This incredible community of refinishers is the best of its kind. We hope our podcast continues to highlight those talents and bring greater awareness to this growing industry. I'll be your host, Lane Ball with Zebra. Today we'll be talking with Fallon Yates, owner and artist behind Market House Restorations. We'll learn more about Fallon with a special focus on how she goes about finding the right furniture pieces to refinish. A little over a year of being in business, Fallon was chosen as Zebra's first ever featured artist. She was named a staging winner of the 2017 General Finishes Contest and was a first place winner in the 2018 General Finishes Contest. Her work has been featured in Country Chic Paints Lookbook, was a top 40 contestant in Zebra's one-of-a-kind furniture painting contest, and had her work featured in the French magazine Femme Actuella, and she also had the privilege of being a judge for Zebra's before and after contest in 2018. Hi Fallon, thank you so much for allowing us to interview you on our first episode and launch of our new podcast. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Cool. Well, let's start our conversation by talking about you and your family. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, I have... Uh, a four-year-old, a little girl that just turned four, and an eight-year-old son, and uh, my husband, who actually works from home now, and we both work across the hall from each other. So what what inspired you to dive into furniture finishing business? I mean, being a mother of two and and uh, having all those responsibilities, tell us a little bit about how you got into the furniture finishing business. Well, to be honest with you, it was not my plan at all. I had absolutely no idea that I even had this side of me. Um, and when I had my son, he's eight years old now, so I was in the corporate world. I was actually uh, a director of operations at a sports performance facility, which was part of my major. And I loved it. You know, I loved the job. But when that baby came along, I worked for about a year and really was being called to stay home with him. So I was making more of the income at the time. You know, I had the 401k and the insurance and um, a lot of the responsibility. It was just, you know, whatever. But I, when I, when I took that leap and I stayed home, it was just super hard on us financially. And I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. And my husband was super supportive in it, which was awesome. But um, I quickly <laughs> realized that I needed money. We need money to survive. And um, my sister and I opened a booth at a local consignment shop and did that for a couple of years. And it was awesome. We also did a lot of like fairs, you know, and um, little pop-up shops here and there, which was neat because I got to get a lot of experience in that. But um, one thing kind of led to another and I really just found a passion in refinishing and repainting furniture. And um, since I didn't have a lot of money, I was... <laughs> I promise I keep my eyes on the road when I'm driving, but I swear that I have eyes on the side of my head too, because I just, I'm always looking at trash piles for furniture. And, um, I housed our furniture with pretty much like $10 and below pieces of furniture at consignment shops and from trash pines. And it was my job to fix them up and make them look nice so that we'd have a nice home. And within all of that, you know, I learned a lot, but it was also something that I just really found a passion for. 
And uh, yeah, so here I am today. I opened up Market House Restorations about 18 months ago. It was August of 2017. And I had kind of just built up that clientele and I knew it was time and I took that leap of faith and wow, here I am. <laughs> it's awesome though. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, you know, my wife often says to her kids, don't despise meager beginnings. And it's really neat to hear stories of how people start, you know, and oftentimes it's just, uh, it's those meager beginnings. You start out with a desire and a passion and you see where it leads. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the cool things with uh, Instagram is you really get to know people well and you get to the, the community gets to really bond within the community of furniture finishers. And we have so enjoyed your FaceTime or excuse me, your Instagram stories oh on the new studio. Oh, that is, you. I mean, you've been able to kind of take, yeah, you've been able to take us through the whole process yes. and it is beautiful. So, so tell me a little bit about the studio. Are you, uh, I, I assume you're enjoying it. I am. I am actually in it right now. And, um, so very thankful. Um, it did not happen overnight. And, you know, I actually had a post about that yesterday or a couple of days ago on Instagram about, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. I started with very humble beginnings. I was working downstairs in our basement, carrying furniture up and down rickety wooden stairs. And then we moved to this home about three years ago and I was working in a teeny tiny space in the garage. And from there during the winters, I was working in our dining room and our living room and our kitchen and it was just chaos but you know I just kind of accepted it and my my family kind of accepted it and um I grew and so um, again thankful for a supportive husband he was like let's let's do this let's build the studio and so so we did and um and it's it's awesome it's so nice to have a place where I can actually come out especially when it's 10 degrees outside and um and work and focus and still be home. And, you know, that was one of the big things with the studio. I really wanted to include my children. So we um, put a little bit of like a loft area that they could go upstairs and do their arts and crafts while mommy's working and that I could still see them and we could communicate. Um, that's not saying they don't still come down and, and talk to me and try to do stuff, but it, they're present and I'm still you know able to be home with them and work. And it's just been a huge blessing. Yeah, that's uh, that's neat. It's neat how children are, are such observers too. Oh yes, I'm sure they're looking over that uh, that balcony and looking at uh, you work and probably are inspired themselves. That's oh cool. yeah, mom, 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 watch this. <laughs> that's right. Ah, okay, <laughs> sorry. So tell me this: <laughs> uh, what's in your studio today? I mean, what are you working on right now? Um, well, yeah, there's always something. I, I try to kind of have a couple things that I'm working on always at the same time. Right now, I have a little, a cute little antique vanity that, uh, it could be a, a vanity or a desk. And then a uh, little jelly cupboard thing. It's super cute. But I try to work on one, and when one is drying, I go to the other one so that it kind mm -hmm. of, they even each other out. And if I don't have, I actually don't have a ton of stuff in here right now because I'm getting ready to get a big custom order in. And I'm trying to um, keep the space open for that. But I have a couple of little small projects I'm working on to keep me busy. So those two pieces are not commissioned pieces. Those are pieces that you have found and are going to resell them? Yes, I have found these pieces. One of them I actually found at a yard sale. And the other one I got off of Facebook Marketplace. So I plan on reselling mm -hmm. them on my uh, website, on my online marketplace. Mm -hmm. 
Well, our primary topic of this episode is finding and locating the right furniture pieces, and I know many of you out there will enjoy hearing how Fallon goes about this. Whether you're an expert or starting out in the business, we know that you will glean from her and utilize some of the same strategies. So Fallon, tell us how you locate the right furniture pieces to finish and sell. Sure. I am literally always on the hunt. I I don't think I stop, and it's almost become a habit. Um, that I don't even realize I'm doing, but it's, it's fun. I, I really find it like fun and I enjoy doing it. So, um, honestly it's, it's evolved over the years. When I first started out, it, I could not afford to buy a nice piece of furniture to paint or to restore or whatever. Like I was stating before, you know, it was $10 or less or something on the side of the road or perhaps the current furniture with my, in my home, which still wasn't that nice at the time. Um, So, you know, starting out, it was whatever I could really get my hands on and whatever was available. As I have evolved, um, I've really started looking other places and um, it's, I'm still thrifting if you want to call it because when you refinish furniture or you repaint it, um, every penny counts. So if you can save money up front, then by all means go for it. Um, But the main places, and honestly, it's probably kind of broken down into seasons as far as like winter, spring, summer, and fall um, on where I look, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like it's winter right now, so it's kind of, there's not a lot going on. Um, So I'll hit up consignment shops or um, year round, I do Facebook Marketplace because it's readily available. I can go into Facebook Marketplace and say, hey, I'm looking for an antique buffet. And if there's one that becomes, you know, comes for sale, it'll send me a notification that it's, it just popped up. And literally I don't have to do anything, but pick up my phone and say, Hey, is this available? So that is always something that I do year round and I'm looking for unique pieces. Um, as far as again, the winter months go, I love, let me, let me narrow it down to maybe like five different places just so (laughs) it sounds easier. Um, and then I'll go from there. Uh, Facebook marketplace is probably my number one right now. And then auctions. I love auctions. If I want something or need something like maybe two or three pieces, that's the route I typically go is um, going to those. Yard sales are actually my favorite. I absolutely love going to yard sales. And neighborhood yard sales, if I can hit up like three or four yard sales at one time, it's like awesome. But obviously it's not yard sale season because it's chilly out. But uh, I'll go over that in a second. And then... Probably secondhand stores like the Goodwill and Habitat for Humanity um, and kind of those consignment shops. And then probably last, which has honestly become more popular because people have realized what I'm doing now is my friends and family and unfollowers. I get a lot of messages from people saying, hey, Valen, would you like to come take a look at this? I'm getting ready to sell it or... Um, my mom has had to go into the nursing home. Would you maybe want to check out some pieces before um, I have to sell them and see if you want to buy any or we would love to give this to you. Uh, it's just awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and it's super cool to see the support of my friends or the community, really, because I think once people really realize your passion and mm-hmm. you are trying to make an income to support your family and when they know that, they, they're they willing to help. So getting the word out like what you're doing and things has helped a ton. And that's that's up there in that, that number five, like top list of where I like to look for the furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to the seasons thing though. Um, yard sales and 
auctions are like my number one thing during the spring, the summer, and the early fall. I don't typically hit up auctions during the winter months because everyone is there. Uh, I guess because it's cold out, they don't have anywhere to look either. And so because of that, prices are a lot higher, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and again, when you're in the, the refinishing business, <laughs> every penny counts. And so when a piece of furniture is going for two or $300, when during the summer, it would be like, 75 or 100 it's I, I don't even bother you know mm -hmm. so I, I it, the time of the year really plays a role into that um during the summer the fall and again I guess during the spring when people were spring cleaning or they have had a yard sale and they didn't sell all their stuff they've donated it to the Goodwill or to Habitat for Humanity and that's a great time to hit up those stores for example like they had their sale on Saturday and or Friday or Saturday. They take it to the Goodwill on Saturday or Sunday. And then Monday and Tuesday is the time that you hit it up, you know, because that's when those items are there. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as, going, I, sorry, I, I don't want to like repeat myself, but um, those top or those five places are like the best, but just being strategic and when you go um, really plays a big role into it as well. Yeah. Now, do you, uh, you know, you talk about auctions. Do you, would you classify estate sales and auctions as two separate um, places to go no, or do you pretty much totally, totally. Yeah. Estate sales, um, especially if they're run by like a business or a company, they tend to be a little bit higher compared to when like a family runs the estate sale. Mm -hmm. um, I see it more of a yard sale when the family does it. And then when a company comes in and does it, it's awesome, but their prices go higher. Now, typically those places do like, the first day it's full price, the second day it's 25% off, and the third day is 50% off. And if there's anything left, like totally hit up those that second and third day because you can get a better deal. Mm -hmm. Unless you're really trying to get a certain piece of furniture and you're willing to spend a little bit more money, uh, maybe if it's for yourself or you just really want that piece of furniture because you know you make a lot of money of, off of it, then by all means, go for it. But um yeah, I would definitely categorize those as two separate things for sure. Yeah. You know, I know um, while there's something really moving about going to an estate sale, you know, walking into a home that's, you know, been lived in for multiple years and then you see the furniture in there that, uh, you know, in some cases uh, is is worn and, and tattered, but, but it has so much personality. And yes. you know, my wife and I, you know, we, we love to go to those occasionally when they're available within the area. But it just seems like uh, over maybe like the last five years, it seemed, or maybe more, it seems like that the prices, it's just really hard to come out of there with a really good deal. It seems like there's a lot more people aware, which is a good thing with respect to furniture refinishing, that more people are aware of this industry. But it just seems like it makes it a little more competitive when you go to these estate sales. And I suppose in some cases, a lot of the antique dealers you know, of course, are there as well looking for good pieces to True. put in the shop. So. Yes. And, you know, it just even in the last five, 10 years, people have realized that, and I don't mean to, to cut these places down by any means, but, you know, like the Ikeas and the Walmarts and places like that, they have really cute furniture, but it's not built like the furniture was in the past. Mm -hmm. And so people are realizing that if you want to buy furniture today that is really well built, I mean, you're going to pay thousands of dollars. So if you go to an estate sale, you can get something just as nice and um, we could get away with it 10 years ago. But now mm -hmm. people are really aware that 
um, you know, it's worth more actually. <laughs> and, yeah. and we can refinish it and make it look nicer. So they're putting higher price tags on it for sure. Right. Well, when you see a piece and it's in its potential, you know, and you're deciding whether to buy, how analytical are you at that point? I mean, is it a gut reaction or do you go through like a checklist to determine whether it can be bought at the right price and refinished and, and then sold for a profit? Um, probably both. <laughs> it depends. If I am feeling the piece, if it's like something that I haven't really seen before, it's super cute, got cute little legs, I am all for it. I will go ahead and get it and, um, you know, do my thing to it. Now, if, for example, I go to like a secondhand store, like the Goodwill or the Restore or something like that, typically those pieces are pretty rough. And um, I go through the checklist. Is it going to be worth it for me to buy this piece and um, have to strip the paint down and fix all the pieces and buy new hardware? And, it, you know, normally those pieces are pretty standard, too. There aren't too many unique well-built handmade or different types of pieces that go into those shops. So that's when I really hit the checklist and I'm like, ah, I don't know if it's worth it. Again, this has evolved over time. Back when I first started, I probably would have gotten the piece because that's all I could have afford, afforded. So um, I guess it just depends on where you're at in your um, painting career. <laughs> and um, if you're feeling the piece, by all means, go for it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever worry that the availability of these pieces will one day disappear? No, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think I have. Um, I really think that they're, they will always be available in worst case scenario. We can start stripping them down and refinishing them <laughs> <laughs> and they will have more, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Well, um, the, the styles do change, right? So they I'm do sure that change. will happen occasionally. <laughs> well, Fallon, thanks for spending time with us today. You know, your professional insight into searching out the right furniture pieces to refinish has been tremendous. And we look forward to having you back again to discuss your staging ebook. And that title is Your Virtual Storefront, The Complete Guide to Staging Painted Furniture. And, you know, there's a ton of talent out there in this industry that, uh, that you know, especially if you if you follow folks on Instagram and Facebook, and you look at what um, these artists are turning out. It's amazing. It's really exciting. And then, you know, of course, there's yes. a lot of inspiring going on by that. So you've got a lot of people that are looking and watching and they're eager to dive in. And I think one of the things that uh, is challenging for folks, as you well know, because you wrote the book on it, is is how to stage effectively. And so you do that such uh, you do a great job, number one, of staging and your book really goes into detail how to do that effectively. And that includes, and, and I appreciate this as well, is that you go into photography and you know, how to make sure that, uh, that your, your staging area is lit well, using the right photography, using the right equipment. And so we want to have a good conversation with you on that in a future episode. So we're looking forward to having you back. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, I want to ask you before we go, what is the best way for folks to reach you? Hmm, probably Instagram or honestly, my website. Um, one of those two options is usually the best. Go ahead and give us your, um, your account in uh, Instagram. What is that? Uh, what yeah, is that? sure. It's, um, it's just market house restorations and it's one word. There's no spaces in between. And okay. uh, yeah, that's on Instagram. And then for the website, it, again, it's the same market house restorations 
uh, .com, like no spaces in between or anything like that. And that'll take you directly to the website. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Fallon. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Talk to you later. We hope you've enjoyed this first episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I blog.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing.